I have begun. I am also recording. I'm recording. All right. Let's let's start with counting. It's uh one, two, three, up to six. One. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. Yeah, no. Diana Agron was like, I want to die. And Brian Murphy was like, cared about her so little that he didn't even want to bother going through a death arc for her. Like, let's just stick you in a wheelchair. We've never done anything regarding a character in a wheelchair. You cannot die because I will not permit it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I'm just... I'm scrolling through this list here, and man, mm-hmm. God in heaven. I'm just, it's its like we said before, like like before we're immediately starting recording, the, uh, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the specific quote of Hankinson thought the writers had missed an opportunity to do something hugely daring and also reduce the size of the cast. Insane way to talk about just like, and we're killing one of the named characters on the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like if they had done that, Glee would have taken its pivot into this is a show about PSAs much earlier than they did. <laughs> I also listen. Hey, don't text and drive. Sure. Uh, yeah. I who texts looking far to the right in their car? Like when you text and drive, you hold it up to get the peripheral with your extra. Maybe I just have a lazy eye. And so I'm used to using two different eyes to do two different things. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I'm just like, this is absurd. <laughs> Slowly going to the OK button. You have to keep in mind, though, Riley, this is th- this was 2012. You're right. We did not have swipe to be able to just move your thumb over the phone and then it spells words for you. She had a Blackberry. I saw that. She had all those little keys. <laughs> I was texting with no sight in high school under the desk of my fucking table. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's also still a pretty small phone. Like, yeah. I don't think people realize how big our phones have gotten until I directly compared my current phone to like my my two generations ago, which would really be like eight <laughs> generations ago. Apple phone. Mm-hmm. It looked like a child. They're mm-hmm. they're they're big boys. They're big 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 strong gentlemen. <laughs> they are. My uncle, up until I think like two years ago, was indeed using a flip phone with like. Not even, like, the QWERTY keyboard, like, the ones where you had to, like, punch the one button three times to get to the letter C. Mm, I miss T9Word. Oh, that that was what he, that's what he was comfortable with. And he literally used it until the cell phone company said, sir, sir, we have no way to support this phone anymore. We don't make batteries for it anymore. Oh, no. I fucking, T9Word was perfect. I can still mm-hmm. type incredibly fast on T9Word. And they stole that from me to instead list the alphabet in <laughs> alphabetical order. <laughs> like monsters. Yeah. What am I doing here on the call? Where am I? I I just started talking. Where? What's? What show is this? <laughs> just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now. As we riff the show, Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out why we love this show. Better grab your golden stars and slushies, cause you're listening. You're listening to Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me. (laughs) Riley! (laughs) 
Hello, Riley. We've used our dark and twisted powers and also the presence of Matt Bower to summon you back to this episode. Oh, you have. You've done this to me. I have returned to glee. <laughs> because, yes, this is Loser Like Me. It's the, Oh, wait, no. This, this is also an episode where Christina gets to introduce the podcast, so I'll let you do no, that. <laughs> Hi, my name is Christina, and this is Loser Like Me. This is a Glee recap and review podcast. And you know what? Life's too short to blind people with rock salt. <laughs> and I'm Tanner, and my relationship with Margaret Thatcher was rough. My name is Riley Hopkins. I, I am the guest. And I will say I've seen better performances from Matthew Bomer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. This sets a very low bar. I just, it really does. He sings in Doom Patrol, and it's like a genuinely moving scene for me. And so this... I came into this with hope and like love in my heart. Why? See, the... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the, the thing, Riley, is that this was one of the first... In... This was very early on in the Matt Bomer is Ryan Murphy's Blorbo phase. Yeah. <laughs> he, was still, he was still a Ryan Murphy dame. Yes. I... I... Now... You might need to dig a little bit deeper and explain to me specifically what the words you have used mean and in connotation with this. I know what they mean independently, but together I, I need explanation. Ryan Murphy is one of Hollywood's favorite homophobic homosexuals. He's right up there with RuPaul. And yeah. whenever he sees a white man with a strong jaw, he's going to try and put that man in as many works of his that he can. So Matt Bomer is, he is going to be in... Glee, and he is going to be in multiple seasons of Horror Story. He's going to be in, I think he was in the Crime Story for something. He's found other things to put the Matt Bomer in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and this mm -hmm. also happened with Zachary Quinto, and with one of the, the gay twin from Teen Wolf. God. And Nico Greetham from Power Rangers Ninja Steel. Oh no. <laughs> Fuck, you're right. I'm comparing the jawlines together and I'm connecting them with string. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Matt Bomer and Cheyenne Jackson and, like, at least three other people from American Horror Story were put in a lineup by someone on Twitter. And, like, we gotta start talking about how all these white men look the same. And then someone replied, hey, do not come for Henry Cavill like this. And the first person replied, Henry Cavill is not in this image. <laughs> he also, like, looks different enough. How did they fuck that up? I've seen that picture. <laughs> and it's, like, all those Chris Pine-looking motherfuckers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, alive. Yeah, no, I, I did, I, I, I came back here and I sat down, I've posted, I've sent to you this Doom Patrol video that I really like from that episode. Yeah. It is, I have also seen that video, I haven't seen much of Doom Patrol, I've seen that sequence and it's very good. Those first two seasons are great, I, have you seen the way that sequence ends actually? I don't I have think not. so. Where the music cuts and he's sitting alone at the table, people asking if oh, he wants yeah. to sing and he says I don't sing and walks out, so that triumphant moment didn't actually happen. <laughs> Yeah, I did see that, actually. That Doom Patrol is a show about sadness. <laughs> it, is, it is a depressing, extremely funny superhero show, and I highly recommend it. It's, good. it's got Brendan Fraser in it. Oh, really? Nice. He plays Robot Man. It's, you're not going to know who Robot Man is. I'm not going to make you think you know Have who Robot Man is. Have they introduced Coagula? Coagula. Let me see here. I believe so. Yes, I believe she is in. Uh, I believe she's in this in this season. But they have also, uh, you know, Danny the Street is there. You got yeah. fucking. Um, you you've you've gone through Animal Vegetable Mineral and you've you have gone through Jane's arc with uh her multiple personalities. 
and you are right now Larry Trainer might be falling in love. I'm unsure about it. Oh wait, that reminds me. Um one of Jane's alters is actually played by a girl who's in Glee in the final season. Oh shoot, give really? Me, give me a photo right now. Uh Samantha Marie Ware. Samantha Oh Marie. Oh oh fuck. This is also the same actress who added Leah Michelle as a horrible racist. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Doing God's literal work. Oh, she's, oh, she, yeah, I thought she looked familiar. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's a big alter for Jane. Nice. It's, well, she's not good. <laughs> she's a good actress, but not like a, a good person in that. <laughs> yeah, this fucking show rules. Uh, But this show, I'm not here to talk to you about Doom Patrol. <laughs> We're here to talk about Glee. Riley, you've been on the pod before. We know about your history. We know, mm-hmm. we know that you're a professional uh, <laughs> show crier. Let's not throw out the word professional like that. <laughs> <laughs> but Riley, the two things you're most known for are being the professional show crier and also running the Tumblr Dilf bracket, which you put Will Schuster in. And I, I know you did not choose that, but I want to have words with the person who did. I actually, so I did choose it. I, I've done a lot of <gasps> lying on <laughs> responses to that. I put him in there because I thought it would be extremely funny. And that's also why I looked up his name to make sure I got it wrong in the bracket itself and called him Joe. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought it was a lot funnier if I got it wrong. Let me tell you it fucking has. Let me get you, let me get you his points. How's, how's, how's old, how's old shoe going? Let's scroll down. He was a sacrifice to an anime daddy. Yeah, he, he, he is being murdered. If I remember correctly, just beat to the fucking dirt. Excellent. (laughs) <laughs> I can't immediately find it, so I'm not going to make us sit here and wait for it. But, oh, Lord in heaven. Yeah, no, he got his ass kicked. Yep. Good. For good reason. Good. <laughs> Anyways, so. I am sorry, Riley, that you missed the only redeemable moment that Will Schuster has ever had, which was last episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't even think they mentioned on the previously on for the episode we're talking about today that last episode was an extremely well done episode about a suicide attempt. They didn't talk about Dave at all. Mother of God? What? <laughs> Did not mention Dave Karofsky at all. Let's go previous episode here on the. <laughs> we can summarize it for you if you want. <laughs> I just I want to see this act. I don't I don't know these people. Okay. Max Adler. He I think the, he's most known for being on The Flash because it's a joke because they were both on Glee. You're and he's right. Only been on like three episodes of Flash. You're right. Because Grant Gustin's also there. Oh shit. Okay. okay. Apparently, he is coming back for the la- final season. Oh, that's oh, good. Nice. That's good, good for I, him. As Hot Boy or whatever his supervillain name is. Let me. I'm. I'm going to click in and through. We're. we're I'm secretly backdooring you all into talking about DC Comics with me instead. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let's see, a control F flash. Jocko Birch. I don't know that man. Jocko? <laughs> Jocko. He's either like a D-list character or just an original character they made for the show. OC, do not steal. Yep. Basically. He uh, he is. He has metahuman. But what is his powers here? What are what are what are his powers I need to know? Fire. Fire, yeah, no, yeah. He wow, he that you know what? I don't give the flash enough credit for making things look good sometimes. That mm-hmm. does look genuinely pretty cool. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. That does look sick. <laughs> Congratulations, Dave Karofsky. You grew up into a pyrokinetic leather daddy. And isn't that what we all <laughs> want for all of us? Basically. <laughs> but good for Mr. Schuster for being redeemable for one moment. That's all anybody needs to do to be good. Yeah. 
Speaking speaking of today's moment, we yeah. are watching the episode Big Brother. It aired on. It was in April. April tenth of twenty twelve, two months after the previous episode that ended with Quinn getting t boned by a truck. So mm-hmm. we did spend two months thinking she might be dead, even when pre production <laughs> photos came out, because people were convinced that all the scenes with Quinn were just an imagined spot because the rest of the characters had guilt. That would be insane if there was a ghost Quinn. That would be the most wild shit of like, imagine if you will, Rachel, <laughs> racked with guilt. Because they were talking about a wedding at the beginning of this episode. Who, who's, it's their wedding, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Finn and Rachel were about to get high school married at the courthouse. Okay. Okay. And okay. the only reason that they, well, they were like, oh, R- Rachel was like, I can't get married until Quinn Fabray is here to be here in person for my wedding. Uh huh. And so, because of that, Rachel begins to hallucinate Quinn for the rest of time, <laughs> living with the ghost. They do a uh, they, they do they do a song like a duet together, set to like "Not Now" by Blink One Eighty Two or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> Anything's possible with this fucking show. Riley, it really is. You are so galaxy brained right now, and I love that. I'm on my third cup of coffee. <laughs> this episode was written by Michael Hitchcock, directed by Eric Stoltz, the once in future Marty McFly. I was I was gonna say I've recognized that name. He's mm-hmm. he's directed a lot of Glee episodes. He huh. has. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Stoltz. I apologize. I, as we got through this episode, I was I was starting to take some notes here. And the big note at the top here is that there are so many characters that I've never seen in my life. And I have to try to guess, are these characters that are side characters now that are characters in the show or are just like background filler? There was one like guy who looked like he could have been the, the main lead in a Xenon forkwell that I missed <laughs> that like was getting yelled at by the gym teacher. <laughs> I had to be like, I had to deeply wonder, is this an actual person or are you just filling space right now? What is happening? Was was he blonde? Was it the blonde boy? Yes. That's he, Sam. Who's Sam? He is the control uh, Sam How do we describe Sam, him, Tanner? There he Sam, is. Sam, Sam is a nice hot boy. His most important character beats at this point in the show is that he's deeply in love with Mercedes, the one black girl, and also he his Family was homeless for a long time, so he had to work as a stripper in order to help fund them. A, t- a teenager, correct? Yes. Cool. Yes. Just, just making sure. Just yeah. m- junior. Making, making sure that I that I understand correctly. Let me just scroll mm-hmm. down here. Make sure that he wasn't in Xenon. No, he was not. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I, I really had to confirm here. Mm-hmm. He was in a Nick Jonas music video. Weird. Yeah, he was in yeah. a Christmas movie with Lindsay Lohan that came out last year. No, he, who was he in that movie? The lead. The lead. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, actually. <laughs> I saw that movie. He was the lead in that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> Good for him, actually. <laughs> and he has a Friends at the Table name. We don't need to get into this. That is a D&D character name. Yeah, his name is Cord Overstreet because his dad's a country musician. And mm-hmm. so he was like, this is my third son. There's three notes in a chord. That's really cool, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hate that I like that as much as I do. <laughs> All right. Okay. Thank you for explaining Sam to me. There's also another man that I did not recognize. Blaine <laughs> is his name. It's his oh, brother boy. who's here. Oh, Blaine. 
Oh, Blaine. Yeah, that, that's Darren Chris, Best known for Glee and for uh, the Harry Potter musical, the Very Potter musical. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, okay. I've noticed his last name is Chris, C-R-I-S-S. Is there any relationship mm-hmm. to Chris Angel? It's spelled the no. same way. Not yet. All right. I'm just, I'm comparing photos right now. <laughs> he also does voice acting now. He was in one of the Transformers cartoons as mm-hmm. a main character. Goddamn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was Sideswipe, I think. I love... Seeing get people and then just and he's been music meister in the flash. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'll be dipped in shit. <laughs> <laughs> huh. He's also voiced Raphael the Ninja Turtle. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was another big thing. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> and he's been on Broadway. <laughs> yeah, he was in the Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. Alright. Everyone on this show has done a bunch of really interesting things, but they were also on Glee. <laughs> Except Leah <laughs> Michelle. That's true. <laughs> she has not done anything. Okay, all right. Okay, this was this was good information. <laughs> Lead me forward. Okay, so we we've discussed the, how the episode opens with Finn and Rachel, and they're like, uh, "Do you think we would have got married if Quinn didn't have her accent?" And Finn's like, "Nah, but this is good because then we can have a proper wedding in a chapel or whatever." You're Jewish, but only when it's for jokes, so it doesn't matter where we get married or something. I don't yeah. Know. Ryan Murphy's never met a Jewish person in his life. Uh-huh. No, he has not. And the the thing is, like, as Rachel and Finn are having their walk and talk, they stop at her locker and Finn is like, hey, well, since we are, since we're going to be going to Chicago for nationals this year, I was thinking maybe we, we could get married at some place like that's cool and historic. Like we could get married on the pictures mount at Wrigley Field and Rachel just like cuts him off and she's like oh it's not that it's quinn i can't stop thinking about her she's and my note here is is this the weight of another human's life guilt or is this gay guilt (laughs) i i have to imagine it's the weight of another human's life i I don't think she has a caring bone in her body No, she has one, and it's for herself. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's true. But yeah, Quinn is uh, right behind Rachel, and she's now in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And Rachel's like, Quinn, I'm so sorry. This is all my fault. And Quinn's like, stop it. I could have easily become a creepy memorial page in the yearbook, but by the grace of God. Okay, actually, hang on. First off, that that line feels weird to me on yeah. account of the fact that we did have a memorial page in our yearbook because a kid in my drama class did die in senior year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, Especially yes. Especially given the last episode featured an attempted suicide and now they're just like eh, sometimes kids die yeah it's fucking absurd the 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 logic that this show works on is is what logic <laughs> well, exactly it, it is on you know to to mention the episode it's like a six flags roller coaster <laughs> you're just getting yanked back and fucking forth the entire goddamn time mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm speaking of she's like yes um truly jesus took the wheel and yada yada and now i'm still here and then Artie shows up because now they're wheelchair pals i guess Mm -hmm. and they start singing i'm still standing yeah it's it's funny because they're in wheelchairs (laughs) yeah yeah here's the thing it's not it's not a bad performance Mm -hmm. the harmonies are good it's just the it's just this is like the archetypical glee number. Mm-hmm. They make two characters who are in wheel who who use wheelchairs sing the song I'm still standing. Yes. There's like not having a subtle bone in your body. And then there's sidestepping subtlety all the way to like I think you I think you have too many on the nose bones in your body. <laughs> 
Glee's sense of irony is entirely built upon the Alanis Morissette song, Ironic. <laughs> um, I feel like it would have been kind of funny if one of them was a real wheelchair user. Mm-hmm. But in hindsight, in, in hindsight, first off, it's just like, aha, we get it. Okay, we get it. It's okay, we get it. Mm-hmm. And also just, it pales in comparison to the original and pales in comparison to later covers done by Taryn Egerton and Taryn Egerton, but he's a gorilla. <laughs> I have questions here specifically about Glee and its music. And because yeah, Glee songs chart pretty regularly, right? Like mm-hmm. at least a little bit. I feel like we were reaching the end point of when they were charting, though, around this time mm-hmm. in real life. Okay, okay, okay. This, this is what I wanted to know. I wanted to know they what ma- the- Yeah, they were made with the intention to chart. And the reason Glee could last for so long is because it was still an era- Music streaming wasn't a thing yet. Yeah, you were still, you were still buying, buying the these songs on iTunes. For $1.29 off iTunes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so I guess that that is my that was my question. Where it is, what is the last song that charted naturally from Glee? I won't count a finale song because obviously people are going to buy that one. But what was the last real banger that they had? Hmm. I'm going to. I have to assume it was it's either a song from the penultimate episode where they do a cover of "Paradise by the Dashboard Light" by Meatloaf which is a very solid cover. Mm-hmm. Or it would have been the song from a few episodes ago under Michael Jackson tribute, where mm-hmm. the mean lesbian and the mean gay did a duet of uh, Smooth Criminal with only two cellos mm-hmm. as the backing. Hey, Riley, which country do you want chart records from? <laughs> <laughs> let's go USA. Let's, let's give, give, okay, cool. Give me, give me the billboard. I'm scrolling down to the bottom of the list. Thank let's you. see how late they charted. I can't wait. They... This looks like the last time they released singles was in season five, which were all counted as non-album singles. And the last record that I'm seeing here is in season four. It is the song. Let me scroll up to where it is. It is a song. Let me love you until you learn to love yourself. Neo. Really? That charted? Which charted at number 91. <laughs> Oof. On wow. the USA chart. And then it is just barren after that, huh? Literally, yes. Wow. Wow. I'm surprised it went that late because that's. I'm pretty sure there are more better songs that happened later on. But I guess people just didn't care by that point. US is the right column here. That is. Yes. So that's 91. Some Nights didn't even chart. Like, Everybody Talks didn't chart. Teenage Dream acoustic version did not chart. I, this is so fucking funny. I I'm floored. I'm floored. I'm trying to think of the last Glee song that I <laughs> I purchased. I remember purchasing actively. <laughs> that is going to be this one. I know that for a fact. Go up, up, up. This is wow. I I really only watched that first season, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Halo walking on sunshine. <laughs> He's forty. <laughs> Shit's fucking wild, dude. I mm, I thank yeah. you for following me down this path a little bit. Of course. <laughs> I feel like we're going to be going ben- down many paths, and we haven't for a while, because a lot <laughs> of our like more recent guests have like come in saying, yeah, I unfortunately know everything about Glee. So it's it's nice to have someone who is like, yeah, I have been uh, kidnapped. Uh, this is... <laughs> <laughs> I rec- help. I'm recording against my will in a closet. Somebody please <laughs> let me out of here. Yeah. Send quality television. <laughs> Um, okay, so they sing the song, it's music, mm-hmm. and Quinn announces, 
Children, the moral of this episode is don't text and drive, and I'm going to be talking about that in all of my scenes. Now, on to more important things. I still have a fully functioning vagina. Secondly, yeah, my spine was severely compressed, but I'm sure in a few months with a lot of physical therapy, I'll be able to walk again. So don't cry for me, Asian Tina. <laughs> I hate how accurate that is. Um, and at, th- at the mention of Quinn saying she's possibly not going to be in the chair for all eternity, Artie looks distraught. Yeah. I imagine, imagine being able to go back with, like, the Riverdale lens and approach this show. Like, the same amount of no, mm-hmm. but, like, the same amount of no tact, but the willingness to swing harder. Oh, Riley, can I tell you an interesting bit of trivia about Glee and Riverdale? <laughs> Please. Obviously, yes. <laughs> you know how we said that last episode was uh, mainly about... Um, a teenager attempting suicide. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. How and that it was... was really good and very respectful. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Written by Roberta Aguirre Sacasa, creator of Riverdale. All right, let's fucking go. That's it, I guess. <laughs> so I want you to know that whenever Riverdale goes absolutely bonkers, yonkers, like it's not because he's a bad writer. He's clearly a good writer. He has just chosen. He's, he's having chosen. fun. <laughs> exactly. Yes. He took off the Rock Lee leg weights. <laughs> I am saying that if Glee was not cowardice and was created today, A, a lot of things would be different. But B, I do feel in my heart that they would have had Artie break Quinn's legs with a hammer. Yeah. I feel like if anyone is doing a Glee reboot, like a reboot from square one, the first thing you have to decide is, is this going to be a normal show or is this going to be a show for free? Please, please, please. A Glee boot. (laughs) Is this show going to be a show that's going to air on network television or is it going to go straight to Tubi? <laughs> yes, yes, give me give me the, the two glee original series. The two B glee boot. Let's fucking <laughs> not go. Let's stay away. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save that for Boko. I don't want this. <laughs> what is the last song they did? What is the last song Glee did is like entirely uh, like ever? Isn't it I Lived? Yeah, I lived by um I was gonna say One Direction, but that's not it. It's what new new one one republic one republic my have i told you about the worst experience at a hair salon i've ever been in no, Where no? I, I walked in and like i i sat down and i realized that i was in a, under a cacophony of noise and they were playing two different one republic concert dvds not synced uh on two <laughs> different tvs with the volume on oh no that's hell that's hell right there i thought it was like a televangelist production and then i realized it was a one republic concert <laughs> <laughs> oh, take me further why do we can I, why do they think the gym teacher could teach the choir, choir kids the gym teacher who famously hates the choir kids because she's a winner also she's full of pregnancy hormones and so she she wants to absorb kindness through osmosis that's the reason she says out loud with her mouth yes because we we cut to We've got to Principal Figgins talking to Sue and Coach Roz, the Olympic bronze medalist, who is the coach of the synchronized swimming team. And Figgins says, I am making Coach Roz the co-cap, the co-coach of the Cheerios because she is a winner and we need people to win championships so that we can get funding for this school. Which at this point, I'm seriously questioning if it's just an entire money laundering scheme. <laughs> 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 and like coach Roz says something about 
Sue needing to go to the doctor to scare the bats out of her vagina because she's so old and is pregnant. I don't and understand. The, and Sue tells Principal Fagan, she's like, look, if I can get you a national championship, can I leave the Cheerios alone? And he's like, well, sure, but which group? And she's like, I'm going to get the Glee kids to win nationals. And he says, okay, let's see what you can do. In the time since I've last watched this show, with with mm-hmm. y'all sitting sitting here in this recording booth, I fucking I've watched all of Gilmore Girls, and <laughs> there was something toxic in the water in those years in two thousand. Like I don't know what was so what made television writers write the way that they did because it's just <laughs> every other line is the most insulting thing I've ever heard, and I don't know why they do it. Right? Am I wrong? <laughs> You're not wrong. I just need to know what was going on. I need to know what was in the water, what they what they thought they were doing. I for one like when I like when the characters on Glee say the most unhinged things imaginable because like the problem is when they try and act like these are normal things to say and that everyone is being very normal about stuff when like I th- like you said earlier they should just lean into the fact that this show is unhinged. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. should be absurd. I I think HBO should get the rights to Glee. Oh. <laughs> no, because then they'd, they'd film a pilot and then they'd cancel the pilot and say that Glee can never air again because otherwise we won't get a tax credit. And you know what? Wouldn't that be a little bit beautiful? <laughs> Sometimes. You remember when everyone was going to copy, like, the uh, the art, the bots that would steal art from, uh, tw- like, Twitter, from artist Disney. Twitters, yeah. and then they would post Disney pictures, say, I want this on t-shirt to get the bot to put them up on Redbubble? Yeah. Sometimes you must go to desperate measures. <laughs> You must use your enemy's gun to point at a different enemy. (laughs) Oh, my God. But yeah, so we get a brief scene. The only note I know wrote down for the scene, because we've got Sue coaching the kids, but she's just yelling at them and being mean. She does like hurdle Mercedes's phone into the distance. Mm -hmm. And also Sugar is wearing an all 80s outfit. She has the side pony. She has the sweatband. She Mm -hmm. has the fanny pack. I love Mm -hmm. it. And we only see her for like two seconds. Yeah, this is booty cam. This is them attempting to improve their dancing skills. And Sue counts them in, you know, five, six, seven, eight. And they all just start doing different things. No. Like, yeah. like Britannia is being super cute and dancing together. And Rachel looks like she's doing the choreography for one from a chorus line. And Sugar and Mercedes are texting. And Finn just gets there late because he was planning senior ditch day so they could go to the train museum. Incredible. I feel like it's important to mention that when Sue goes up to Mercedes, she's like, Mercedes, who are you texting? And she's like, uh, I'm donating to the Obama campaign. And for the crime of using her phone during one of Sue Sylvester's rehearsals, she takes Mercedes's phone, yeets it into the, into the seats where we see it break into pieces, and then Brad the pianist cheers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah i know that's like the answer to everything here i i was watching the on the last time on glee thing it shows like mm-hmm. risers and like not choreography but blocking and i was like well that's mm-hmm. good that's that's something <laughs> uh, that's more than i usually get out of this fucking show yeah <laughs> yeah but it's just still wasn't enough. Oh yeah, my other my other note for the scene is that Damien is wearing the the little short shorts that they could find. <laughs> 
because I don't know, he's European. Anyways, when we come to the next scene, it's in the uh, the staff room. Will has arrived. He has a note that Kurt wrote him that says, Mr. Shu, help us. Sue is meaner than Tabitha. To which Sue replies, I have no idea who person was referring to, but I assume it's gay and niche. And I gotta agree, because I also don't know who Tabitha is. <laughs> is that a fucking The Crucible reference? Is it? Is it? Would, would not be off brand, I don't think. I. That's the only Tabitha I know outside of Stephen King's wife. It's more likely to be the Crucible. I that's not niche. <laughs> <laughs> it's Kurt's favorite non-musical play. <laughs> that's that is now canon. I need a professional. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> Anyways, and so the Sue Sue says that like the reason she's being nasty is because they'll be like lambs to the slaughter if they go up against the other kids at nationals with their current level of skill. So she needs to tough them up or something. Um, on an unrelated note, she is going to the doctors this weekend to find out the sex of her baby. Mm-hmm. And Will and Emma immediately volunteer themselves to accompany her because she needs friends. And then Sue refers to Emma as Barbara Gordon, I'm assuming because she's ginger? Mm-hmm. It, I mm-hmm. feel like that's the only reasoning, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like the writer just Googled characters who are ginger. Barbara Gordon. Put there it in. Go. Yeah, so yeah. actually, let's dig deeper into this. Is What are the chances that apparently... <laughs> Sue is very big into DC Comics. Who knew? Actually, what mm. what what channel did this air on? Fox. When did they do that Birds of Prey show? Oh, like the early two thousands. Okay, so earlier than this. Yes. And that's CW. Uh, but, and, okay. and this was also this also would have been airing slightly before Gotham started. Okay, okay, okay. But we're in the Arrow time frame. Uh, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. I still think that doesn't match up correctly, but I will I will take it because okay. uh, the other option is that sh- that. That she just really enjoys DC Comics. <laughs> I, I was going to suggest that she enjoys DC Comics. And also, it's I would say it's very in character for Sue to, like, set up a phone bot that just, like, constantly started voting die on the Jason Todd poll. That, she's that one person. <laughs> she's that one person. Absolutely. Oh <laughs> she's like, fuck this kid. <laughs> Anyways, now, now it's time for the man of the hour, the reason for the episode title. Blaine tells Kurt that his brother is in town. And mm-hmm. then, lo and behold, here comes Cooper Anderson, mm-hmm. named as such because there is a man who exists named Anderson Cooper, so it's funny. <laughs> I love art. Don't call this art, Riley. <laughs> <laughs> to my great chagrin, unfortunately, I think it counts. <laughs> art does not have to be good. True. It, it just has to evoke a reaction. And I'll t- I'm feeling pretty evoked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here comes Cooper Anderson. He's famous from local commercials. Kurt is starstruck. Mm-hmm. He do- he. They show like an ad spot for free Reddit rating today dot com, and Kurt is like, "Oh my god, I have your jingle as my ringtone on my cell phone." And you know who else is a fangirl? Is apparently Sue Sylvester. Because she just hoves into view behind Kurt and Blaine and Cooper. And she, like, pushes Kurt and Blaine aside to go up to Cooper and say, You're so pretty, you should be a Disney prince, and Alan Macon should be writing you a musical about fantasy adventures. Sign my boob. And he he does. does. (laughs) Why? Everyone involved in the creation of this show needs to see a doctor. (laughs) Yes. Yes. 
I mean, I think Diane Agron did. I think, like, in the scenes where she's not in the wheelchair, she was like, great, Ryan Murphy doesn't care about me, and he doesn't care about characters in a wheelchair, so I'll only have to be on the show half the time. I can start going to therapy. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. yeah. And probably everyone besides, like, Leah did therapy, yeah. I'm guessing. Leah Michelle's gonna be like, actually, Glee was my therapy, because we were a family. <laughs> <laughs> Riley, remind me later to send you the interview that Amber Riley I did. saw it. I saw okay, it. I know exactly it. what Good. you're talking Good. about. <laughs> okay, and, and, and speaking about Quinn, it's time for Senior Ditch Day planning. Mm-hmm. For quick question, did did y'all have a Senior Ditch Day? Um, no. Y- yes, but we didn't do anything as a unit. We just fucking didn't go to school. <laughs> I, I think at my high school, there was a discussion of like a senior skip day. And also the discussion of, like, doing a senior prank. Mm -hmm. But as a collective, we all chickened out because (laughs) none of us wanted to risk being able to graduate and leave high school. That's much much wiser than what we We did. We prioritized getting out rather than getting out for the day. (laughs) We fucking, we did break into the school in the evening, um, which (laughs) in hindsight, as an adult, was an unoptimal plan and we all got off very easy. After one of the theater performances, two people stayed in the school. I think it was me and someone else. And we let everyone slowly back in. And then we we did the little paper cups filled with water throughout the entire school. We did get caught by our very, very kind, like, like <laughs> assistant principal. And like mm-hmm. she would super easy on us because she was she like saw us, saw we weren't actually trying to do anything bad. Like mm-hmm. saw that we had not considered the re- the the repercussions of this, <laughs> and and like let us off super easy. It's now again occurring to me as an adult that she had a different job the next year, and I hope we didn't get her deeply in trouble. <laughs> oh no, I also hope that it's occurring to me that I am just so grateful that collectively because we are all within the same we are all within the same two or three years of schooling i'm so glad that we graduated when we did (laughs) because i think if you tried to do something like that nowadays i think they would put you in jail they would have killed me with a firing squad (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) it would have have been quick and easy for me so so my school didn't have an official senior ditch day but remember when i mentioned that a kid in our drama class died senior year (laughs) yeah yeah so the, the school decided that we weren't going to have any kind of, like, assembly or, a, like, in-school memorial for this kid. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what that meant was that almost the entire senior class went to the kid's funeral. Okay. Which mm-hmm. was bad because a lot of them didn't actually know him. And so it was just a bunch of rando teens at this kid's funeral while the family's trying to mourn. And because uh. a good chunk of the seniors were leaving, a good chunk of the lower cl- grades were also leaving. So what it ended up being is, like, about a quarter of the school showed up that day and most of the teachers were like... The, here's what we were going to do, but, like, it's so late in the year anyways, just go have a spare. And it just turned into, yeah, let's just go home early at this point. There's not enough kids to sustain a school day today because mm-hmm. the school fucked up. Oh, my God. And the next year, the principal who made those decisions did not have a job, so. <laughs> I am so fascinated by my schooling decisions, man. It's fucking, it's always wild to me. Dog, the, the that kid's best friend... Got in public called out the principal for making such bonehead decisions, got suspended, and then snuck in to watch graduation and no one said anything. Like, yeah, man, get in here. That is so that is that <sighs> that's principal behavior. That's that that's yeah. yeah. 
That's that is exactly what a motherfucker would do. I fuck those guys. <laughs> Where were we? We're, we're we're planning the fictional senior ditch day right. at William McKinney High School, class of twenty twelve. It is the seniors and Tina and Mercedes and and uh, Rory and Sugar. Yes, but Mercedes is a senior. Oh, she, oh yeah, she is. Never mind. It's when they say senior ditch day, what they mean is all the kids except for Artie and Quinn. Except Artie and Quinn will also be ditching, just diff- ditching in a different place. Main character ditch day. Exactly. Yeah. That's what it is. Protagonist ditch day. Um yeah. Mike wants a Footloose movie marathon. They can watch Footloose in Footloose 2011. Mm-hmm. There was a Footloose 2011? Yeah. Yeah, it was supposed to star uh, Zach Efron, and then he dropped out because he didn't want to get typecast as being in musicals. You know what? Godspeed. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Oh, yeah. Like, they go through ideas and... At the suggestion of a Footloose marathon, Puck is like, Mike, no disrespect to you, but you're the only one who would like that. <laughs> we, have, we have to do something big. We have to do something fun. Uh, Brittany says that it's springtime and she wants to see something give birth. Yes. Who? God bless her. What in the blue hell? <laughs> but listen, that, hey, that's that's normal for Brittany. Yeah, Br- that's Brittany. Brittany's, Brittany's in another dimension. She's in another plane of reality. We love her. She's Jake's favorite character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Second favorite, because his favorite character is Bert's dad, played mm-hmm. by the state treasurer Michael Malley. Mm-hmm. What is the matter with you people? Where- so much. We have a good- Riley, we have a Glee podcast. Where am I? <laughs> Let me out of here. <laughs> I am hoping and praying that that was that that was for fun but like if you are seriously uncomfortable no you do not no have i'm having a very good time i'm joking i'm joking i'm joking do not worry i'm playing it up for the bit okay good. <laughs> do not worry my friend i good. would tell you well, if i was thing. actually yeah, having a bad time that's that's the thing britney's britney's character is commitment to the bit forever <laughs> yes her character is commitment to the bit and let heather morrison improv yes <laughs> um I can't remember if there are any other suggestions that were, like, amusing at all. Uh, Because at some point, Rachel just starts weeping because she still can't get over the fact that she killed Quinn. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Rachel, Quinn's right there. (laughs) Yeah, Quinn is like, right beside her. He's like, Rachel, can you calm the fuck down? Sometimes it's like I can still hear her voice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Quinn decides that she's just going to ignore all her trauma, put it in a box, and Mm -hmm. smash it with a hammer. I've been there. It's fine. It's understandable. (laughs) It's normal and healthy. We're going to Six Flags! And... Real, real quick, like as, as like Rachel is standing there weeping over the fact that Quinn Fabray almost died because of her. Quinn's like, Rachel, just br- come on, bring it in, bring it in, and she gives Rachel a hug and then stands. Well, Quinn sits there. Rachel stands there, and they hold hands when Quinn is like, "Let's go to Six Flags," <laughs> and everyone's like, "Cool, Queen Fabray has spoken." <laughs> yep. One thing you gotta know about Quinn is that when she found out Rachel was getting engaged to Finn, I mean, this isn't canon, but it's also true. When when Quinn realized that Rachel was committed to marrying Finn, Quinn basically regressed all her character and entered into, like, a sapphic death spiral of <laughs> regress- character regression. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, that's rough, buddy. <laughs> Which I've been there. I mean, not sapphic, but I've been there. <laughs> In the spirit. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And then they, they break the meeting, but Puck is there with Finn, and he's like, Finn, there's like a million pools in LA, as opposed to like the 17 in Lima. And so I'm going to take my pool cleaning business to LA and become like the pool cleaning magnate of Los Angeles. And you should come with me, and you should bring your loud, loud girlfriend with you, because she can still act in LA. 
That is traditionally where more people act, I believe. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I I have, I mean, no, I guess we all know Jake, but also I have another friend who tried to go to LA to become an, no, I had two friends. Mm-hmm. So I know three people who tried to make mm-hmm. it in LA and only one of them is still there. I have a friend who is, I forget if she is splitting her time between Los Angeles or Hollywood and spending time at home with her parents. But like, I think she would love to be able to act, but it's the, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's where people go when they want to act. <laughs> Yeah. Actually, no, t- technically, now that I think about it, yeah, all three of my LA friends went there for screenwriting, and our friend, mm. former guest of the show, Jake, left because he just, there weren't, wasn't any jobs after he finished fake college. Mm-hmm. Also, former guest of the show, Sam, is still there because he was able to get a bookkeeping job, and then uh, my friend, Serge, went there, and he left because he realized that everyone there had a chronic case of living in LA. <laughs> <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Only place many more insufferable is New York. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyways, uh, the point of this scene is Puck said, like, after Finn says, no, I'm committed to going to New York with Rachel, Puck says, okay, that's fine, understandable. But on an unrelated note, do you want to come, because you're good with motors, do you want to come help me fix a MILF's jacuzzi? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just think that's really funny. <laughs> I get it. I get the show. Yeah. You understand now. You've seen the truth behind it. You're right. You're all right. I was wrong. (laughs) I was the fool. So now it's time for... We're at at the choir. Mm -hmm. Sue has written... She's like, lazy idiots, congratulations. I am gifting you Blaine's hot, famous older brother. Mm -hmm. And he kisses Sue Sylvester full on the mouth. He does. Like, okay, listen, I... So, so, um, damn, I've forgotten his name. What's his Matthew name? Matthew Bomer. What's the actor name? Matt Bomer. Matthew Bomer. He, listen, the character might be unhinged and which makes him normal for Glee, but I will give Matthew Bomer credit that he did put his whole pussy into this role. So like. <laughs> he, he is there. I, I know that. Like, <laughs> there's something about like actors who are approaching this show with like the, like, like, Sue plays this like it is out of like out of like everything that is happening is out of their goddamn mind, which is correct. That yes. is the right way to do it. Yeah, there's like a, a seriousness that some of the actors bring to it that is baffling, and that throws you off. So like the stuff like Matthew Bomer, <laughs> Sue straight on the lips, is like okay, cool. We have a normal person here. Somebody, <laughs> somebody's being a weirdo, but like for reason. Yeah. 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 And his his speech to them is like, listen, just a few years ago, I was sitting in a sad drab room like this with dreams like yours that I thought would never come true. But then they did. So tomorrow I'm going to teach him acting masterclass for anyone who wants to join. Mm-hmm. And everyone's excited because now all of a sudden everyone wants to be an actor. Well, yeah. you know, you know, the, the stage is, you know, there's so many different stages you can be on in life. Why not choose the lucrative and easy to get into acting? <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's not like there have been, like, monthly think pieces on how acting as an art is dying because it's only populated by Nepo babies. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, 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 hmm. How interesting. How interesting. <laughs> <laughs> also, Rachel's like, wow, uh, Cooper, you're so handsome and attractive, and you probably sing good, too. Well, there should be a duet. Mm-hmm. And then Cooper says that he and Blaine were actually known throughout the neighborhood as children's for their dueling Simon Laban impressions. There <laughs> You know how people are just yeah. known, <laughs> known for, for that. 
Yeah. Yeah. And Blaine, Blaine does not want to get involved, but Kurt says, no, please, Blaine, you're both so talented and handsome. Yeah. So th- they get up in front of the class and they do a duet, which is Hungry Like the Wolf, mashed up with Rio, both by Duran Duran. It's not good. It's... Then- <laughs> we were known I... far and wide for being okay. <laughs> I admit, I got distracted during this musical number because I noticed... That Blaine's sweater vest was inside out. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. No, like, really? <laughs> was it? <laughs> several times where, like, they're spinning around or they're being shot from the back. And you can just see the tag on the back of Blaine's sweater vest. Why? I'm That's just like, wild. why? <laughs> why did they not fix? <laughs> what was the reason? <laughs> I have no idea. I can't believe his sweater was literally on backwards and inside out, and we're saying how appropriate. Yeah, and it's it it's not it's 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 fine. The songs don't. Fi- I don't care if they're by the same band. The songs don't fit together. You can't just yeah. mash up anything willy nilly. <laughs> That's not what a yeah. mashup is. Riley, just be glad that you weren't here last episode for when they mashed up Fly by Nicki Minaj and Rihanna with I Believe I Can Fly. Those are different, (laughs) dramatically different vibes. They're very different vibes. Yes. And they're not even, sometimes it's funny when the song capitalizes on the different vibesness of the song. And this also wasn't one of them. This is a song where they thought, hmm, Duran, 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 Duran. Let's put it all together. (laughs) Duran squared. (laughs) (laughs) Unlike... There's a part in this musical number where, like, Cooper literally shoves Blaine back into the audience. Like, no, the spotlight is entirely mine. And I just wrote down here, he's a narcissist. Yes. (laughs) He's like Rachel, but a guy. It isn't that what you want? (laughs) That's what Ryan Murphy wanted. (laughs) My question is, why is the backing track chiptune? They were running out of money. (laughs) They were really beginning to struggle. They were like, hey, we gotta make this fucking work somehow. Yeah. Hey, Toby Fox, you'll work for free, right? God. Did you say Toby Fox? Toby Fox, yeah. Imagine imagine the world where... Can you imagine? <sighs> imagine a normal like, glee scene happening and then like someone does the dramatic turn into musical number. We just see Sans Undertale peeking out. No, it's a scene with like Will and Sue yelling in the hallway, and then it, we get a rack focus to the corner, and peeking out from behind the corner, we see Sans Undertale. The uh, the man, and he's like, hey, hey, hey. and it says under it like he's got a he's got a song <laughs> ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, last night I did stumble upon a mashup of. Megalovania and Fireflies by Owl City. Be very careful about these words you say. <laughs> it's good, but it's honestly kind of frightening because it's like by combining these songs, they were both kind of put into a minor key. And so this is like a, a distressing song about the Owl City guys basically singing about doing the genocide route. <laughs> you would not believe your eyes. <laughs> I didn't! <laughs> <laughs> Ironically enough, fuck, fuck, where are we? Now, we're at Breadsticks, because the service industry is a great place to try out new accents. It's, I did, I did, 
it's such a challenging text, you know? <laughs> it's not, I did this. I for, for an April Fool's once, I was British for my shift at the grocery store. Listen. <laughs> there, well, yeah, but, but the th- thing that is, means you worked there. That's true. Tanner, you were doing that for fun and laughs. Giggles. Cooper is doing this to con our favorite waitress into giving them free sodas. God, gaslight, gatekeep, glee boss. boss. (laughs) (laughs) And like, as they're sitting there having lunch at Breadsticks, Blaine calls out Cooper for only criticizing him and never supporting him. And then we get a scene of them as babies. So presumably Blaine is like four and Cooper looks like he's like 10 and he's still being mean to Blaine for not dancing well. And Blaine is like, but I only started walking three years ago. Which is a funny joke. I will give them that. (laughs) Yeah. My my favorite part of the flashbacks in this episode are the fact that young Cooper was played by Dylan Sprayberry, who would go on to be a Teen Wolf. For Uh for real? uh For real. For real. real. He was Liam. You reveal so much information to me on this program. (laughs) (laughs) See, being on the Glee podcast is a lot like the movie Lucy, where it's just like, we put the drugs in your system, and then you start using 100% of your brain. (laughs) The movie Limitless? (laughs) The show Limitless. Wasn't that a movie as well? And they got a TV show spinoff, and it was hilarious. Okay. All right. Riley, Riley, unironically, I think you would appreciate the television show Limitless. I genuinely trust you, which is the scary thing. Um, anyways, yeah, but Blaine calls him out because Cooper's always like, you're pitchy and your choreography lacks a theme. You know, Stanislavski says the fingers are the eyes of the body, but he never mentioned that the toes are the ears. Toes are the ears. I, I can't even, sorry, I'm, not I'm trying even to parse that. See, that's parse supposed that. to be incomprehensible because he's just, he's trying to be, he's trying to be wise, but he's a ding dong. Because he's Ryan Murphy's Blorbo. <laughs> Not even that, like the character itself. Like I could write a character like this, who's like the premise of it is they're so narcissistic He's about their very small fame, but they think they're now a genius at everything, and so they think everything they come, they think every time they speak, they are writing a fortune cookie. That's just a character archetype. Ryan Murphy is does not have a monopoly on characters acting like ding dongs. <laughs> Ryan Murphy just accidentally writes half his cast like they are that. <laughs> they are the titular ding dong. <laughs> yeah. But Cooper's like, uh, Blaine, I've I've been away in the, the the movies for so long that I feel like I haven't gotten to know you. And so you should come to my acting class and we can bond as brothers because I'm your big brother and this is the episode Big Brother. Have you mentioned, is it normal for people to call their brothers Big Brother, Little Brother? Um, not outside of Japan, I don't I, think. It just... I, I've never called my, my brother Little Brother. Most of the time people think that I'm his younger sister. It, it, like, no. It just, they do that so much in this episode. And I was like, was I a bad sibling? No. <laughs> Did I no. fuck this up? No. My friend Lindsay, who loves her brother, almost exclusively refers to him as the boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, that feels normal. That feels smarter. She also pushed him down the stairs once, but that's unrelated. Um, <laughs> he had a <it> coming. <laughs> For the, the crimes of being four. And oh listen, my God. sometimes the kid has bad vibes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, Speaking of sorry, bad Ryan, vibes. Your vibes are great these days. <laughs> Speaking of bad vibes. Did we cut to the master class, right? We're not there yet. We, first, we get some good vibes. Um, because oh, yeah. Artie has, 
Artie has brought Quentin. Remember, remember Artie? Remember Artie in a wheelchair who his only plots are about how he's in a wheelchair and he wants to fuck? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> so he's brought Quinn to the steepest uh, wheelchair accessibility ramp in all of Lama. Which is, of course, at their high school. <laughs> yeah, naturally. Um, the, the ones that, these are the ones that were paid for by Sue, canonically, if you remember back to that episode in season one. Mm-hmm. Right. So he's encouraging her to roll her way up there and she gets there. It's funny because he goes, starts going, push, push, because she had the teen pregnancy in season one. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and she's mm-hmm. like, no, you're going to make me laugh. Uh, and she does make it to the top and everyone's really excited. Yeah. And then he does tell her like, y- if you're struggling now, you're going to struggle a lot of Six Flags. And like, I appreciate your gumption. But I feel like we could do something a lot more constructive for Ditch Day. And mm-hmm. I, I promise it'll be great. And she's like, okay, I'm, I'm trusting you because you're like my wheelchair mentor. Mm-hmm. And I really like that scene just because mostly it was like, I was like, I can tell that Kevin and Diana are having fun in this yes. scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kevin somehow managed to be like one of the other people who came out at the other end of the show normal, <laughs> which is wild because his career started as a boy band member, a failed a boy band member. Yeah. And... It's like it's like he went through a reverse Hollywood ego trip where it's like he started at the top and they went through glee and came out the other side just a normal guy. I am going to need you to say a little bit more about starting as a failed boy band member. Yeah. I mean, he didn't fail as a member of the boy band. He was a member of a boy band. That yeah, 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 yeah. I, I want to know the boy band. Wasn't it like NXT or something? I can't remember on account of they failed. Yeah, that hey, hey you know, that does make... Make enough sense. <laughs> we don't have to get into it. We don't need another digression. And NLT, excuse me. The band was NLT. Okay, okay, okay. Nilt. Short for not like them. Oh. Oh my god. Not yeah, like yeah, them. yeah. That makes sense. Active from 2006 to 2009. Huh. <laughs> he said, well, I've been casting a television show. Goodbye. I'm going to make it big, boys. <laughs> I've got my way out of here. <laughs> I'm moving to Los Angeles, a city on the moon. They didn't even release a full album. They did singles. <laughs> oh no. Oh yeah, that's that's pretty failed. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, <laughs> incredible extra information you've given me here today. So now, now it's time for us to learn how to act. Mm-hmm. You can't see, but I'm pointing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, how often are we going to see this character in in the future? Uh... At the end of the episode, it's a series wrap on Cooper. One and done. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. I should, I think, I think he gets bare minimum of one mention as a joke in a later episode. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Just wanted to make sure that maybe we didn't have more to dig into on him. No, well, I mean, he does not show up for his brother's wedding in the last season. So I don't know if you want to dig into Incredible. that. Incredible. So he's homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> they anyway, so let's talk here. about this masterclass. <laughs> It starts with Cooper saying, okay, everybody, it's time for a tall glass of this is how it is. And he does turn his chair around. Good. Yeah. And he says, don't go to college, which aggro's Quinn, who's going to Yale. God damn it. And then he says, don't go to to New York City because it sucks and theater is dead, which aggro's Kurt and Rachel. (laughs) Headshots are everything. And make sure that whenever you get acting slides or an acting job, bug the director because you don't understand anything he's asking you to do, period. And also pointing. Yeah. I am, I'm fascinated by this, frankly. <laughs> Everything he said, obviously the joke is that he's giving bad advice. 
but I want to know more about what we think his life as an actor is. As he like explains, <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just like, there's something to the way that he's like insulting everyone directly. That how many ads has he done? Is it just the one? But it's big. It's listen. He's the internationally beloved spokesman for the internet's fastest growing credit score website. Oh, good. So he did freecreditreport.com. He just did the song. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But apparently that got really big. Like we find out later in the episode that he did have a one night stand with Flo from Progressive. So like in universe, this commercial is a big deal. Yeah. This is like we're talking like the general levels of popularity. <laughs> I hate that you've invoked the general's name in my presence. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I could have invoked okay. the extremely local jewelers commercial that I had memorized and I can still recite word for word. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But yeah, this is just a lesson in bad ideas. Mm-hmm. Which which Blaine is quick to say, correct? Yeah, yes. he does call him out. Yeah. And as like Kurt is taking notes, he Blank is like, Kurt, don't take notes. Don't take notes. And <laughs> Cooper says, you know what the best tip to acting is? And Rachel is like, oh, you should respect your scene partner and connect with the emotion of the setting. And Cooper says, no, you just have to ignore what the other actors are doing. Just co- just pretend they don't exist. <laughs> yeah, eye contact with the scene partner is distracting. Sometimes I wear earplugs. He also... Screams all his lines because he's an intense actor, like Nicolas Cage. That's an unfair comparison. Nicolas Cage is a goddamn treasure. <laughs> depends on the film, and le- and that depends on the film is the thing that Sorcerer's makes him a treasure. Apprentice. <laughs> no, yeah, that's fair. I love the advice. This is very fun. This is a silly little scene. It is. I could be done better. Yes, very. Yes, but yeah. as as the joke of. This guy is bad at this. I do enjoy it enough, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then Cooper brings out some, like, hey, I've got acting slides from NCIS. Mm-hmm. Which is mm, a little off color. And I yeah. don't know if this is a dig at NCIS because the joke is, like, they're acting on a scene. It's like, okay, this this uh, c- colonel has died, but why is he wearing a dress? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They dropped the T word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not fucking optimal. No. No, it's not. I do wish that I could more appreciate just the deadpan polarity of the line, this is serious, a man in a dress is dead. But because it's on Glee, I just, I can't eke any joy from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wish they knew how to do anything with subtlety. I know we keep saying it. This is fucking Glee. We don't have subtlety here. I know. I just. We took subtlety out the back and shot it in season one. (laughs) Did you know that next week they introduced their biggest transgender character in the show? Finally! This will be handled. I'm with, so excited for them. <laughs> no, the Tanner, how how do they get portrayed? I feel like they're portrayed pr- pretty uniformly good. The only downside is the one episode that's uh, that claims to be about bathroom issues, but it's also about twerking. Isn't and it? They say that it's um, the same. Alex Newell. Alex Newell. Alex Newell. I feel yes. like if Ryan Murphy had given had given Alex Newell bad characterization, Alex Newell would have suplexed him into the ground. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Okay. Maybe Diane Agron should have been threatening Ryan Murphy more. <laughs> We're going to dig deep into the, uh, the into the Alex Newell of it all next week when Fabby's here, but right now we have to focus on Matt Sorry. Matt I just, uh, I'm um, just, I'm, I, I am, <laughs> your, your faith in that is, is comforting to me. 
In the rest of this NCIS scene, Blaine is put into part of the role. And also we should mention that Tina is playing the dead body in this scene. There's a part where Cooper and Blaine get into an argument and Blaine says, you're my brother, can't you support me? (laughs) And Cooper is like, wow, that was good acting, Blaine, but I couldn't understand it because you weren't pointing at me. And this is where I thought Blaine was just going to like give him the bird (laughs) and then leave. If Blaine was a real boy, he would have decked Cooper at that point. Yeah. (laughs) He would have killed him. (laughs) He would have just put him in the ground. Yeah. And as Blaine storms out after this, Rachel is checking dead Tina's body for a pulse. (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah, so now we go to an episode of Milf Island. (laughs) Listen to Milf Manor. (laughs) Oh, you're right. It's Milf Manor. No, listen to Mild Mannered, the show that Andrew does a rewatch of Milf Island with his mom. Mm-hmm. I will not be listening, but I do support Andrew and his mom listening. Godspeed. Godspeed, Godspeed to everyone involved. Yeah. Well. Except that one person who, I don't know what she did, but I heard she did something terrible. Probably. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. And yeah, the, the premise of the show is like, Puck is trying to seduce Finn by proxy. It's like, look at the MILF. And Finn is like, hmm, perhaps. And the woman is like, I hear you're starting a business in LA. Maybe I'll be a silent investor or maybe a very loud investor. And I'm like, these boys are 18. These are children. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Goodbye. And Finn is still like, no, but I gotta support Rachel. But maybe I should go to LA. Yeah. Because of the Mills. (laughs) And yeah. Here's the thing is I like... I like Finn standing up for himself and like being like, hey, yeah, this relationship is something that we need to work on together. But also I cannot discount my own needs and priorities and benefit. Now, do I wish his benefit had less to do yes. <laughs> with the myths? Yes. Yes. But yes. <laughs> I give him credit. Anyways, we go to the the doctor's office mm-hmm. sue is complaining that she doesn't want a boy because they're loud and have superfluous nipples or something like that yeah it's like i'm sorry sue sylvester that's just human evolution yeah calm do down think she's an alien no <laughs> if they had said in season six like surprise sue sylvester <laughs> is just the advanced guard of those aliens from mars attacks i would not have been surprised but I don't think that's what happens. <laughs> all right, all right, you've convinced me. <laughs> I think she is simply the character where the writers were like, we can just have her say anything, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> she can be out of control, who gives a shit? Yeah, but yeah, the scene is basically, Will and Emma are there, and the the doctor is like, are they here, is this the father? And Sue's like, God, no, they're unfortunately just friends. <laughs> And then they do the checkup, and the doctor's like, congratulations, you're having a girl. However, the uh, amnio fluid came back with irregularities. And then there's a look of, irregularities! But we're not going to worry about that right now. Yeah. This is Damien McGinty watch. Uh, he is getting <laughs> a picture with Cooper, where they're pointing at each other. And Damien asks, have you ever met George Clooney? And this is the part where Cooper says, no, but I did have sex with a progressive insurance lady. <sighs> Brittany is the one taking pictures of them. And the lens cap is on and none of them notice. (laughs) Oh no! (laughs) That's beautiful. That's art, baby. (laughs) And then Coop goes over to Blaine and he calls Blaine Squirt. And he's like, please don't call me Squirt. (laughs) Never call another human that. (laughs) Yeah. 
No, I'll exclusively be calling him Squirt for the rest of the episode. <laughs> no! <laughs> Damn it all the hell. <laughs> Tanner, I can be at your place in 24 hours. <laughs> Just to bonk you over the head with a Nerf bat and say no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Blaine, he tells Blaine that he has an audition for a Michael Bay film. Which, it's currently untitled, so you know that's code for Transformers 4. And let's just think of the world where it was Cooper Anderson instead of, what's his fault? Mark Mark Wahlberg. (laughs) Is it a better movie? No. But then how could Mark Wahlberg fund his chain of burger restaurants? I I thought that was a joke for the longest time. Yeah, Wahlberg. Or Wahlberger. I, 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 (sighs) I was convinced that that was a joke. That was an SNL sketch that got too much ground or something. Now, man, I can get Wahlburgers at my local grocery store's restaurant. <laughs> See, now now I understand how Riley's been feeling this whole episode with the new information. <laughs> I, can, I can feel <laughs> air pockets forming in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> so, Squirt is mad about this. He's like, Cooper, everything Tanner. is always about you. And I'm, <laughs> I'm breaking up with you and our toxic relationship. Yeah. Normal things to say to family. <laughs> Nor- normal songs to sing about your brother. Fighter by Christina Aguilera. Yeah, as he takes out his emotions on a punching bag as Cooper watches from the background. And they do like a, sh- like a scene of Blaine having an angsty shower. Oh, let me tell you, this scene was gift to Helen back on Tumblr. <laughs> How how was I in the Starkid fandom and I had not heard about this until literally when I was watching the episode two days ago? It's because you weren't a teenage gay man. Because here's that's here's true. The thing. Darren Chris was fully clothed for a good chunk of time in his like when he became a celebrity. So any inkling of him showing skin had the like. 15 to 20 year old gay bees going like, holy shit, it's him. It's so powerful. <laughs> Literally, I remember seeing a Tyler Oakley reaction video to oh like Darren Chris's beach photo shoot where he just spends 15 minutes going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, he's shirtless. Oh, he's so hot. <laughs> that is a celebrity who I have not thought about in like four years. <laughs> Emily, you gotta put in the Obi-Wan line here. Now that's a name I've not heard in a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Darth Vader killed Tyler Oakley. (laughs) Real quick, I want to mention that the end of Fighter is Blaine on the stage of the auditorium as he is just raging at a wall of TV screens that are all playing Cooper's ad for freecreditreportstoday.com yeah and like it's not a bad performance it's fine it's just not like extraordinary what do y'all think I'm, it's a hard fucking sell to get me to like a song in a show you really have to work uphill <laughs> i i have been broken over many years and have come to realize what i like and don't like and one of those things i don't like is when people sing in a television program and so it just it was difficult for me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i like the staging i think the fact that this is the, the song the specific song just makes it all ludicrous yeah we now cut back back to psa hell 
Finn is texting while walking. He almost steps on the bare toes of Joe, the teen Jesus who just started public school this month, um, and is also winner of the Glee Project, the reality show, to get yourself onto Glee. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? Yes, really. Okay. So was so was Rory, the Irish boy from earlier. Great. <laughs> yep. They did two seasons of it. How'd they like it? They feel good. Oh uh, well, mm. Riley. It, 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 I felt <laughs> like I was running an episode of Dateline every time we dug into the horrors of it. Riley, they had in the first season. We haven't done the second season yet, but in the first season, they had the contestants living in cabins in the woods where they had to do tech checks, and there was not central heating, and they were regularly advised to stay inside at night because of the coyotes. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I rescind all further questions. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so Finn almost steps on Joe's toes. And Quinn is there. He's like, damn, Finn. That's how it all starts. First texting while walking and then texting while driving. That's not. I need to see some sources on that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Diana Agron, who did, like, help write this storyline because she wanted to do less or at least do something interesting. I'm pretty sure she did not write that line. No. No, that line was sponsored by the U.S. Department of Transportation. (laughs) Yes. Do you think they would have started taking, like, military money at some point? I don't know! Uh, I don't... Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing, Riley. Here's the thing. The JROTC episode of Glee has been the first one to chart in years. Riley, I need to explain you a thing, which is that in the pilot, we find out that Finn's dad died in Desert Storm. Oh, okay. And then earlier this season, like four episodes ago, five episodes ago, we Mm -hmm. find out that he didn't actually, but he came back with like extreme PTSD Mm -hmm. and actually died from a drug overdose in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. And Finn just finds this out. And they tell him that because Finn decides that he wants to follow in his dad's footsteps and join the military. Mm -hmm. And they tell him that to assuade him. And then spoilers for the ending of this season, but Finn tricks Rachel into thinking they're going to the wedding. But instead he puts her on a train to New York to follow her dreams because he decides he's going to join the military anyways. I am (laughs) floored. And then in season four... We find out that he was semi-honorably discharged because he accidentally, while cleaning his rifle, shot himself through the leg? Semi-honorably? <laughs> yeah. And then the rest of the season is him trying to be the new Glee Club teacher. Tanner, doesn't Puck go into, like, the Marines oh, or yeah, Navy and or something? Puck, yeah, after after Corey Monteith died and Finn died with him, Puck decided to join the Air Force. So now he's in the Air Force. Huh. You've given me a lot to chew on today. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you, you shouldn't chew on it. I think you should just like spit absorb the mouthfeel and then spit oh, it out. No, know that I will not actually chew on it. I'm being supportive. Good. good. <laughs> I'm being a good friend and go. Thank you. You know, it's like it's like when you go to the dentist and they give you the fluoride. You just swish it around, you know, so that you can understand what's happening, and then you spit it out. Because if you swallow it, you will feel a burning sensation. <laughs> you will die. You will be fit. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, and then this is where Quinn tells Finn that she's actually going to Artie's secret ditch day. But before we see that, we had a, gr- a brief scene with uh, Becky and Sue and Becky. I don't think you ever met Becky. I did not. She's Riley, a treasure. Okay. Yeah, Becky's a treasure. We love her. She is like Sue's, like her, her uh, number one command. hench girl, basically. Okay. Yeah, her second in command. She takes after her a lot. Um, she's a stone cold bitch and we respect her to the high heavens. But Becky asks Sue if she's having a baby just like me. And Sue is like, yes, just like you. And then they both look at the camera and they say, this is implying that the child is going to have Down syndrome. 
And then they turn back to each other. (laughs) And Becky gives Coach Sue a hug to, like, congratulate her because, like, hey, you're having a baby. That's cool. And also extremely biologically improbable, but you know what? Go with it. It's Glee. Okay. Just because Sue is old. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just, I, you have to understand I'm gripping the side of my seat here as we are, you two know more than me. Yeah. I'm scared. For, for all the bullshit Glee does, they treat the Down syndrome, everything about the Down syndrome well. They treat them like human yes. beings. There are at least two episodes where it's people with Down syndrome saying, hey, I'm a human being, treat me normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And... After they hug, Becky gives Coach Sue some parenting advice, which is try to work on your patience. And I think if any other character had said that, Sue would not have listened. But because it's Becky, she does. At least for this episode. <laughs> well, character development is consistent throughout episodes, right? So so obviously that'll stick. Riley, what fucking show do you think <laughs> you're watching? I just want to be hopeful sometimes, you know? <laughs> Honestly, I, I will say Sue is actually a much more consistent character from, like, this third of the season all the way through huh. to, like, the end of season five. Maybe the hormones are gonna help. <laughs> the hormones help her for a solid year and a half. Huh. Godspeed. No, if she walks into our church, she'll burst into flames. But uh, the next scene is the senior ditch day, or as Artie likes to call it, Crip Skip. And I don't think I should actually have said that. I also don't think that they could have said that on the show. Mm-hmm. Because, again, no. neither of them are real wheelchair users. Yeah. But they do go to the disabled skate park where mm-hmm. there are a bunch of genuine, like, mobility users and amputees and whatnot there. And they're, they're singing the song Up, Up, Up by The Givers, a mm-hmm. band which I've never heard of before or since. Um, but I like this song because it's, like, the only normal song in the episode. Uh-huh. It's, it's very much, like, it's a song that you could see set for a travel commercial. <laughs> And I mean that in the most positive ways. Also because that is literally what they do in the show. It's like, hey, look at all this fun that you can have at the skate park and at Six Flags over, what is it? The the Six Flags in California. Come to beautiful California where we have Six Flags and (laughs) that kind of vibe. Yeah. 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 But like, it's fun. It's it's the cast having fun because like we also see like as Quinn and Artie are having skate day, we see everyone else except for them, including the students who are not seniors. Like you guys said earlier, it's like main character skip day. <laughs> but everyone else goes to Six Flags and we get video of them like from them actually riding the roller coaster. That's cute. Uh, yeah, it's cute. It's fun. I like it. Hashtag spons. Hashtag spawn. Yes. Hashtag sponsored. <laughs> yeah, it is It is a cute sequence. Mm-hmm. And then Artie, well, actually, I think Artie and Quinn, it's a team effort to ruin it afterwards. Because, like, the ending is Quinn, like, do it, going down a big ramp, and she, like, as the song ends, she's like, whoa, yeah, that was so great. And then Artie's like, you can go on even bigger ramps the more you get used to it. And that's when Quinn is like, Artie, we gotta be realistic. I'm not gonna, thank you so much for, like, helping me out, but I will not be in this chair forever. Mm-hmm. And Artie's like, but you don't know that. Like, I know your prognosis was optimistic, but, like, you have to face the reality that maybe you will be in the wheelchair forever. And Quinn's like, you have to face the reality that maybe I won't. And then they both kind of give each other a sorrowful glare. Yeah. This will never be addressed again. (laughs) I don't even think Artie has a subplot for the rest of the season. Are you serious? (laughs) Oh, no. He has, like, one small thing that happens to him in the prom episode. That's it. 
<sighs> this is this might as well be season wrap on Artie. Mother of Damn. God. This show is is so specific in the ways that it is absurd. Yes. Yes. I don't have more to say on that. It's just a thing that I wrestle with. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Riley, sorry to interrupt, but I just remembered part of the reason with the Glee project. Like the biggest reason why Damien McGinty won the Irish boy won the Glee project uh-huh. was because during like critiques after one of the performances for the competition the writers flat out said to each other hey you know what would be funny if we had this guy on the show and the plot line was that britney couldn't understand his irish accent oh good (laughs) and then they put him on the show and they did that exact same thing (laughs) and then he did barely anything else you know fucking (laughs) those kind of shows that are about like come beyond this television show is the only person to ever make that work the Miz in WWE and in Tough Enough? <laughs> like, has it ever actually worked for anybody before? Maybe. Besides the Miz. <laughs> Don't know. Um, but like it's not a great scheme. No. <laughs> but the ratings. But the ratings, oh. though. The ratings. But the ratings. <laughs> Even on shows that aren't like that. Like, I remember, I think at least three Bachelors have tried to start acting careers. Huh. That That's a wild jump to me. Because I don't watch The Bachelor and think, these are some actors. These are some people who are really knocking out the, the damn park. No, you know, you know what was the the thing? It's like, okay, so it was, I don't remember everyone's name. But I know that the Jason Mesnick season of The Bachelor, the one that was infamous, where in the finale, he picked one girl. And then in the after the final rose, he broke up with that girl and went with the runner-up. Yeah, that's fucking... Dating shows are insane. <laughs> and then the girl he broke up with went on Dancing with the Stars, because they always have a Bachelor character from mm-hmm, Dance- mm-hmm. on Dancing with the Stars. But then after her season as a perf- as a as a contestant, she went on to be the co-host for like another 10 years. Huh. And you know what? Good for her. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes you just become an in-house actor. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, speaking of the Glee Project, uh, we're at Quinn's Locker. And it is an upper level locker. They have the split levels and she's got a top level and her books fall out. And then Joe, Christian Joe is there and he's like, maybe you should get a different locker. And she's like, nope, this is my locker until I graduate. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. And he offers to walk her to class, by which he means pushing her wheelchair. Yeah. Oh, this show, this show loves pushing people in the wheelchairs. I don't, they've never met a real wheelchair user in their life. Yeah. As they walk, Quinn and Joe talk about praying, and Quinn says that she's been praying to walk again, and Joe says, I've just been praying that God helps you accept whatever journey it is that he puts you on, man. (sighs) And Quinn's like, wow, that's so inspiring. You should come inspire the Glee Club, by which I mean join the Glee Club. We have 16 members of the Glee Club, and so you should be part of this Glee Club. (laughs) Winners are part of the the Glee Club. Apparently. Apparently. He walks in, he joins the booty camp. Buck tells him that he literally has a twig in his hair. <laughs> Brittany calls him Teen Jesus. <laughs> Riley, I need you to know that mm-hmm. this character, Joe the Christian, his introductory episode had him have a moral crisis over whether or not it was okay for a Christian to sing a love song, a Candy Graham song, from a girl to her girlfriend. Oh, 
Good. And what, how, how do you come down on that? No, Riley, and now I need you to know that this is because the actor had that same crisis about whether it's okay to sing gay songs on the show. God. And Ryan Murphy, who, as I noted, is an esteemed homophobic homosexual, heard that and was like, that's so fascinating. I'd love to have you wrestle with that on my television program. <laughs> I would love to hear you say these words into a microphone, please. <laughs> yep. Where did he land on it? <laughs> Man... He basically literally said, Yowie couple, Yuri couple, normal couple. I see no difference. Love is love. <laughs> it's better than the alternative. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Back at booty camp, curtain yeah. sugar or shadow boxing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's because he, she's his niece from the future or something. She's his future daughter-in-law. Time travel. <laughs> We're not going to get into it. Sue enters. She's like, first off, do not ask me the father of my child. If I remember correctly, I think it ended up being Brian Adams, the singer. Huh. Sure. She's here because Mr. Shu needs an adult friend, and she also hopes that the miracle inside of her will soak up some of their annoying yet laudable optimism and decency. She promises to be nicer if they promise to work their butts off until they win. Mm-hmm. And now this is Sue's character for the rest of the season, is she is harsh but for harsh but fair on all the Glee kids. Mm-hmm. Okay. It could have been worse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not like the most optimal, but I'll take it. Truly, this is the part of the show where Sue's character, like like I said, it kind of stabilizes in this kind of, like, direction for the next three seasons. <laughs> or two, two seasons. The rest of the season and the two more after it. That's good. I'll take that. I'll take that as a win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. We'll, t- we'll take, it's Glee. We'll take them where we can find them. Yeah. The next scene is Blaine at his locker, and then a stuffed dog pokes his head around and is like, I'm Margaret Thatcher dog. My relationship with the queen was rough. Mm-hmm. Which is cute. <laughs> Yeah, it's also reference to the fact that Chris Colfer, the actor, is a legitimate uh, Queen Elizabeth stan, and so... Christopher. I had to momentarily take him off the pedestal after she went to Super Hell, because, come on, relax, okay? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think I remember seeing you post about that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, and then he explains he has the dog because Finn kept winning plushies for Rachel in Skee-Ball, and so he had to steal it from the other 14. Mm Mm-hmm. And they talk about how, like, oh, Blaine, like, your brother feels so bad about you. You shouldn't give up on him. You should go You should go sing to him and show him how you feel. He's in the auditorium. Yeah. I forget how many fucking songs are in this goddamn show. <laughs> what, Tanner, wasn't the record we had one time, like, ten songs in an episode? I think it was about that, but, like, I only counted eight of them because only eight of them released the singles, which is a lot. Yeah. How do you fit that many songs? In this length of a show. You just don't have a plot. Yeah. I guess that's fair. The plot is we're singing songs by Britney Spears or Michael Jackson or Madonna. Yeah. Also, also sometimes you cut out the second verse, which I, I think they, all the songs I sang this episode were the whole last song, but quite often they'll cut out the, like, the second verse mm-hmm. to fit more A crime, frankly. Or but... more songs in. Yeah. When they had Mercedes sing, I will always love you, they cut out like... The second and third verses, I think. Yeah, they basically, they did the chillin' show, and then they did the, and I, and that was it. <laughs> Professionalism. It's okay. Amber Riley won the Masked Singer. It's fine. Yeah. Yes. And, like, they released the full songs. It's just in the episode. It's for the, it's production. That's this fair. Is, That's fair. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm giving it, I'm, 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 I'm digging into it too deep. <laughs> it's how the glossage is made. And right now, the glossage we're talking about is uh, Gautier and Kimbra? Singing some brother that I used to know between the brothers, which yeah. is like not what that song's about. It's about a breakup. 
Like, I don't have to check, I do not have to check AO3 to see much, see how much Blaine Cooper slash fic there is, because I know there's a lot. And then it's not even people who were, like, legit into it. It's just people who <laughs> looked at the two breakup songs that the brothers sang at each other and were like, I'm going to make some weird fanfic about this. I hate it. <laughs> you two live in the fires of hell working on this. You do such a heavy lifting to live with this show, and I appreciate you. <laughs> also, shout out to our, our friend and editor, Emily. Yes. Because... Yes, thank you, Emily. <laughs> I would say we're not necessarily doing God's work, but we're definitely doing the devil's work in the sense of, like, punishing sin. You you know what? You are right. Bringing it to the light. <laughs> yes. It's it's not a bad performance, but it's not phenomenal. Or really relevant. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're trying to make up with each other and we, like, have flashbacks of their childhood where uh, the Teen Wolf is preventing Baby Blaine from playing with an action figure or something. It's... Uh, the point of this is that Cooper's like, Blaine, I'm only hard on you because I believe in you. Which is bullshit. Yes. Yeah. And then Blaine's like, I just wish you'd act like a normal human being from Earth who likes me. Oh, hey, from <laughs> Earth. We get further into it. Are they aliens? <laughs> we're are this is like that one Goosebumps book where the twist at the end is that they're all aliens and they're planning to go to Earth and Summer Camp was just training to go to Earth. <laughs> mm. The the thing is, like, at the end of this like monologue. Cooper is like, oh, Blaine, I see such a big future for you. You're going to go beyond Broadway and you're going to be in movies and TV. And everything he names is stuff that by this point in time, Darren Chris has actually done. <laughs> including, I just realized this, including being in Transformers. <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> and Cooper says at the end, he's like, we're not just brothers, we're friends too. And I'm like, no. That's not. <laughs> no. You're not just brothers, you're also lovers. Stop. No! You're going to jail. Christina, you found that. You found that YouTube clip. Yeah, because at the end of it, like, because it turns out that apparently Cooper didn't get the audition that he was hoping to get for Michael Bay. Something about, like, oh, they're going, like, we're, we're following a different creative path or something like that. Which he says means they found somebody, somebody hotter and smarter than you or something like that. And so Blaine is like, no, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go film your audition so that Michael Bay can see how good you are. And Darren Chris and Matthew Bomer did, in fact, film this audition for Transformers. <laughs> that is extremely fucking funny. I was wondering what this was. <laughs> did you watch it, Riley? I did not watch it. <laughs> Please watch it. <laughs> All right. You don't have to watch it on air, but I would I would suggest that you watch it because it's just ridiculous and fun. I promise you I will. This is my solemn oath to you, my friends. I'm watching it right now. <laughs> <laughs> it is only a minute and a half. Okay. Okay. Mm. That's doable. That's doable. I can handle that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but this isn't very good radio. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, just just put in the actual audio from the clip. Here come the Decepticons. Decepticons? Where? Over there. There! 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 It's Megatron! You know, I think they would have done a better job than Wahlberg. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's th that that's the exclusive the exclusive gorilla bonus content <laughs> from Chris and Bomer. <laughs>
the final scene is Rachel going up to Finn. She's like, how'd I do in the acting class? And Finn's like, oh, like you discover dead bodies every day. (laughs) I want to read more into that. But Rachel hasn't done enough implied murder on the show yet. Uh, You haven't been digging. She's on Scream Queens. (laughs) But but then Finn, Finn suggests California because there's more opportunities for him there. And technically there are many opportunities for Rachel there as well. Yeah. And Rachel's like, but Finn... New York City is the only option for me to ever be happy. And I'm just so betrayed that you would even consider not doing what I want to do for my own happiness. And I just wrote down, in all caps, get a divorce. Yeah. <laughs> and Finn is like, Rachel, how are we? How are you going to support yourself? If, if we go to California, I can get a job working with Puck cleaning pools and i can financially support you while you are doing all of these auditions and not earning any money and she's like you don't understand me and he's like listen i want you to be really sure you're love with in love with me and not who you want me to be and the thing is this and this has kind of been like a back and forth for them since they uh got engaged mm-hmm. in senior mm-hmm. year which is that like Rachel wants to be with Finn, but she never considered, like, what Finn is in her life other than the boy who holds her purse on the red carpet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am, I, I am, I'm so torn on what I feel about Finn in, like, seeing interspersed episodes, right? Where I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. he's big and he's, and he's, he's big and he's dumb. And I feel like he does, you, he, like, he, he seems to, like, listen to the last person he talked to more often than not. But, like, I like that he stands up for himself a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is this something that we see more of i guess we or like is this consistent have you seen him like yes especially in this season finn is someone who he doesn't know what he wants to do and he's definitely trying to find himself and part of that is like thinking for himself and not just following other people mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so like it is not with his character that like well yes puck put the idea in his head but it's more just him thinking of ways he can make his relationship with rachel work instead of just following along with her and at least finding something that he can do for himself. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. All right. And then the like plot that he was supposed to follow is that they would have been separated for the rest of the show after the season. And Rachel would be big in Broadway and Finn would take over teaching the Glee Club. And unfortunately mm-hmm. that didn't happen because the actor passed mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. Would that have yeah. followed a time skip? There probably would have been a bit of a time skip because the also, the other thing is that the ending that was always written initially was that Rachel would like finally get dissolution with Broadway and come back to Lima years later and walk into the Glee Club where Finn is teaching and Finn would be like, Rachel, what are you doing here? And Rachel would be like, I'm home. And that would be the last scene of the mm-hmm. series. All right. All right. All right. All right. That makes enough sense. Yeah. Anyways, this episode's done. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. It was it, it was a bit of a slog, but we did it. We all lived. We all made it. Mm-hmm. We we managed to fight through. We honestly we're still about on time for how, what it usually is with guest spots. Like so. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Riley, what was your favorite song? Oh, <laughs> you. They're all so good. <laughs> <laughs> I I have to. I can name them off for no, you. No, I've got the Riley. Wikipedia article up right here. I will. I, I don't like any of these. I like a mashup more than anything, but those don't go together, so they've despised me here. I am. <laughs> I am going to give it. I'm going to give it to somebody that I used to know because it was the last one I saw. Okay. <laughs> 
It is sung well. I will give it that. And, and is that not yeah. something? Yeah. My favorite is Up, Up, Up because it's normal. <laughs> and that's reasonable. That is also my favorite because it's the only musical number that brought me obvious joy. <laughs> <laughs> and then musical numbers aside, was there, was there just any moment that sparked joy for you, Riley? <sighs> the first moment I saw Matthew Bomer and I was like, that's Larry Trainer. <laughs> like, look, there he is. <laughs> That that sparked joy. That 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 triggered a like a positive emotion in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> and I will mark that down as the as the success story for this episode. <laughs> my my favorite moment was the the rant moment because it's the only normal moment between <laughs> Quinn and Artie. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was good. That one that this does actually deserve a a positive nod. I think my running theme for this episode is I like when characters act like people who are real. <laughs> you have asked me many times this episode, what show do I think I'm watching? <laughs> I pose to you, where do you think you are right now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in my safe place. This is the safe one? <laughs> no, I'm in my safe place so I can get through this. Okay. <laughs> Christina, did you like anything? <laughs> yeah, I also liked the Quinn and Artie ramp moment. Okay. Riley, what was the worst part? <laughs> the worst part is I had a very hard, like, a, uh, February is a hard month, right? It is like, <laughs> no. it is a, <laughs> oh no, it, it is a heavy month. You sit down, you, you, it is gray. It is cold. It is, mm-hmm. you, you're out of the holidays. You really are, are pushing through the slog. Work is a lot. Everyone is prepared. Like you, spring seems so far off, and winter seems so long. And there was a a, a night where I sat down to be. Like, I'm gonna watch Dimension Twenty. I'm gonna I'm gonna get into that. And I was like, mm-hmm. I gotta watch Glee. <laughs> 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 that was that. Was, so so the, taking in the episode with my eyes might be the worst part. But getting to discuss, getting to talk about it with my two dear friends is a positive in my life. And I thank you. Okay, for because it. I was I was about to write down for your worst moment was the very fact that you had to no, be here. But... Being here is the good part. It is the preamble. Okay, the experience of watching the episode. Yes. <laughs> but being able to do this with my friends is worth it. <laughs> Riley's gold star is is watching things with my friends. Yes. Riley slushy is watching Glee with my friends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is gonna sit on my Disney Plus. Like, do you want to continue watching until I get it off? <laughs> you want to watch the next episode? It's disco. <laughs> I'm I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I think there is a way to remove them from your suggested and recently viewed list. Do not worry, it's not that important. It is it's for the joke. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, it's good to have somebody here who's been taken hostage. <laughs> just watch all the Xenons and it'll just you're right, you're the right. recommendations back. Tanner, what's your slushy? My slushy moment is Oh Actually hold on, no, let me take that back. The the thing I hate the most is the slur that drops. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's a slur mode. I think, can I just say for all of us, it's the slur of it all? Yeah. <laughs> Oftentimes you jokingly say, I would, I think I'd rather Glee just call me a slur. And, you know? <laughs> then they do. Then they do and you're like, oh, no, never mind. It still doesn't feel good. Yeah. I'm looking over the spreadsheet and I kind of want to just send this spreadsheet to Riley <laughs> so that you can see what we've loved and detested in this season so far. 
Now I'm just thinking about the fact that I've like I've been working on slur reclamation for myself, and it's like I don't want Glee to call me a slur, but I'll absolutely call Glee slurs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pointing at my favorite gays on the show, and I'm saying you're a faggot, and you love that. <laughs> Anyways, Glee's doing something to all of us. Yeah. Something irreversible. <laughs> Whether we know it or not. No, no. Technically, actually, the slur reclamation was prompted by the X Men. Anyways. Loser Like Me is a part of the Quarter Podcast Network, and it's a podcast that can be heard in your podcasting platform of choice. But if we're not there, let us know and we'll work on getting there. We can be found at Loser Like Me Pod on Twitter. We're still there. I truly don't know what's going to happen if the site finally explodes, but like, I feel like, much like uh, Tumblr in the early 2010s, it's just being propped up by a bunch of third party systems at this point. Which they are slowly deleting access to. God. Which is just prompting them to get more creative with the programming to make them work. <laughs> I hope. More importantly, you can email us at loserlikemepod at gmail.com. And we also have our own Discord server and a Tumblr, both of which are linked in the episode description. Mm -hmm, so just mm -hmm. follow those links um, and be cool, guys. Be cool. If, you, if you're on the Discord and you're not cool, we are gonna, we're going to forcibly put you in the Glee universe. <laughs> and you're going to have to live like that. Force Gleeification. <laughs> It's, it's going to be like that one edit and control alt delete uh, panel where they're like, the woods, teleport <laughs> to the woods. It's the woods with you. But we're going to do that and send you to Glee. You don't want that. I'm telling you right now, you don't want that. No, Which none is of us why want if you that. join the Discord, be nice. I think the only way that I would want to, to exist in Glee would be if I was Sugar Mata's mission control for her time travel trip to get Brittany and Santana together. <laughs> yes, exactly. Also, I say be nice, but then I think of the fact that last time someone new joined the Discord yesterday, my friend Theo immediately started firing shotgun in the air to lower the property value. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta make sure that people know. No, let's be let's be fair. Theo, in fact, did not just start firing bullets into the air of our Discord because Anne is cool. Anyways, Riley, yes. <laughs> where can you? Where would you like people to find you online? I am free. I am no longer on Twitter. You can't find me there. If you follow me there, Damn. you will find a link to my other social medias, to which I mean revrybread.tumblr.com. <laughs> you can also find my shit at Moonshot Network. You know that we have moonshotpods.com, goodfuckingpodcasts.com should hopefully can confirm, can confirm. redirect uh, <laughs> at this point. Uh, and then, um, you know, twitch.tv slash moonshot network. We are doing a lot of stuff over there and we are trying our best to, uh, you know, Make sure we have lines of communication open for, as Twitter slowly collapses. Mm -hmm. I have forsaken it. You need not. But please find me a secondary <laughs> option for Twitter. There isn't one. And I need that kind of push. Riley, I have a question. And that is, should I be sending my podcast mind suggestions directly to your Tumblr? Aspects? I have actually a significant amount. I'm not going to see them if they're on Twitter. I did fully derelict my duty. But I have a ton of okay. them now sitting in my... Uh, in my in my tumblr ask box so i will accept them there okay good because i have a bunch of drafts on twitter that i've been holding on to so i don't dump them all at once i will start putting them on tumblr <laughs> that you can also use hashtag the podcast minds on tumblr i think is actually probably the smarter way to do this okay <laughs> there you go just do scheduled yeah, pre-planned fill up your queue on tumblr. your your tumblr queue Every Tuesday at 11 p.m., so that's the first thing Riley sees when they check before they record. I, you have to, it's <laughs> Thursday night at 6 p.m. Central Time. Oh, I thought you guys recorded on Wednesdays. No, um, we do sometimes. You're right. Wednesday. Wednesday night. Wednesday before 6. That's where you want. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Sometimes we record okay. on Fridays. I'm going to put that. 
I'm going to put that into my calendar of everything I know about my podcasting friends <laughs> that I know only through their podcasts. <laughs> their recording habits. <laughs> oh, but that's it. That's what I got. That is that is the, the okay. major of the thing. And yeah, and, and so then... Next time on Glee, it's disco. We have an entire disco episode. And the songs are pretty solid because they're disco. But not all of them because it's Glee. Oh, um, no. Good. Wait, no. Is it disco next week? Am I looking at this wrong? Saturday Night Gleaver, I thought, was the next one. That's on our schedule next. No, yeah. It is correct. I thought I got things mixed up, but I did not. I am I am correct in my episode order. Mm-hmm. Disco. And we have a guest. We have a disco-themed guest, which I'm very excited that we were able to get. Interesting. A disco-themed guest. Yes. Anyways, we should now we should really should end the podcast. So this is the part where I say three, two, one, and then all together we say, and that's what you missed Absolutely. on Glee. Yeah. So three, two, one, and that's and what you missed. That's, on, what, that's you missed what you missed on Glee. On Glee. Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now as we riff the show. Tanner and Christina are gonna figure out why we love the show. Better grab your golden stars and sleeves, cause you're listening, you're listening to loser like me, loser like me, loser like me. It's okay if we didn't sync up because the magic of editing. (laughs) (laughs) You're watching Disney Channel. Okay, I'm ending our recording. Scene.